3: Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
0: If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, sacred international journeys a meditative cd and her book shamanic awakening to encourage you as you navigate your earth walk and create a deeper connection to yourself find this and more at her website starwalkervisions.com
4: Hi, Curious Minds. Welcome to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. We're the only radio station and the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We're coming to you through X-Zone Radio Broadcasting Network, located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. I'm a psychiatrist. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both mind and the brain. Synchronicity is spoken here. Coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. Put connecting with coincidence in your search engine and find my Psychology Today blog my website and my social media site. Would you like to know how sensitive you are to coincidences? Take the weird coincidence survey on my website. Remember, just put connecting with coincidence in your search engine and you'll find my social media connections, my website, and get to that weird coincidence survey to test your sensitivity. Today we're talking about movies and particularly one movie. We're talking with a director of a movie called What is Synchronicity? David Strabala. Movies provide us with numerous coincidences, and their plot lines often contain coincidences. Those coincidences help move the plot right along. There's an old Chinese saying, no coincidence, no story. And some coincidences in movies are Subtle and some of them are not so subtle. There was one Woody Allen movie I was I was watching kind of off and on, paying attention, especially when Woody started falling asleep in the back seat of a taxi. He was concerned about his relationship with uh, a woman, uh, not sure just how strong it was, when suddenly the camera finds him waking up, looking out of the window, riding around in Manhattan. And what do you know? He looked out that window, and there was his girlfriend with another man. What a coincidence. Movies set up coincidences like that, and sometimes they're just too obvious. Perhaps one of the most memorable coincidences in movie history involved Rick's American Cafe. You You may remember that Rick's American Cafe was owned by a character played by Humphrey Bogart. It was Rick's Cafe into which something happened. He was take, having a drink, smoking a cigarette, listening to the piano, when suddenly he heard a familiar song, you must remember this, a kiss is still a kiss. He looked up, and there was his girlfriend from Paris, walking in to his cafe in Northern Africa. Paris to Northern Africa is Rick's American Cafe. His memorable line as he looked up and saw her, of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Walking into his gin joint, with her husband, set off a a plot line that is so memorable and was so impressive, it gained an Academy Award in 1943. Alfred Hitchcock used to like to say, movies are like life with the boring parts taken out. And movies like Casablanca and even Woody Allen's movie show us on the screen that coincidences are a major part of what happens to us in our lives. David Strabelov was interested in coincidences for quite a long time. He wanted to know something about how they worked. And as he will tell us, he got interested in them enough to be able to create a movie, What is is Synchronicity?, to try to answer that very important question. In this movie, David went around the country asking various experts, both renowned and not, about what they thought synchronicity was and how it worked. I was one of those people that David interviewed in the backyard of my house in Columbia, Missouri, where I lived at the time, and it was a great pleasure to meet David and talk with him about what he was doing and the tremendously important work that is associated with his attempts to try to answer the question about what is synchronicity. The movie premiered uh, at the Wild Rose Film Festival in Des Moines and won several awards there. And as we go into our next segment, uh, David will tell us how he got started. I hope some of the major synchronicities that took place while he was making that movie, and what kind of answers he may have gotten that have impressed him about how synchronicities work and how they can be helpful to us in our lives. We'll be back after a short break.
1: Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere, or visit MarshlandingRestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best.
4: Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of synchronicity, coincidences, and serendipity. It's a great pleasure to have as my guest today, David Strabola, who is the director of a very, very good movie about synchronicity called What is Synchronicity? David works as a full-time counselor in the juvenile office at Clay County, Missouri. He also works part-time in a healing program for veterans and first responders with post-traumatic stress. His affiliation with the program called Warrior's Ascent resulted from the film's publicity and a mutual appreciation for depth psychology. David, welcome to Connecting with Coincidence.
2: Thank you, Bernie. It's really great to be here. I've been looking forward to this, and I'm very glad to have you with
4: have you with me. It was a pleasure to be in the movie with you. Uh, and how did you get started with this, David? I mean, you're a counselor. Uh, you're interested in depth
2: psychology, but it was a tremendous undertaking for you to create this movie. Yes, it was. I had no idea what I was getting into. I'd never made a film before. Um, I did have a journalism background. Uh, I did uh, that for about seven years before I got my MSW. Uh, But I didn't. My focus in journalism was not on uh, anything to do with film. So it was large. It was a big learning curve. Um, I think you know one place. There are many places I could start to tell people about this, but um since i work with teenagers i think it fits to to focus there and one one of the things i try to teach them is that they're going through a a passage or an initiation and what uh synchronicity has done is helped me focus on my own initiation when i was about their age so i'll start with that um actually it was when i was 12 years old and uh, i'm from a huge family i'm the youngest of 13 children And one of my sisters... (laughs) Thirteen. Yes. Yeah, maybe you didn't know that. I didn't. Uh, uh, Yes. So um, there there are certain things that go with being the youngest of a large family like that, and I certainly see... uh, you know what what went on before me and and all of that uh, various patterns. Uh, so that's you,
4: you have to become a big observer of everything.
2: Exactly, very true. And I and I was so I was there's 27 years between my oldest sister and me, so it's really spread out. And I'm almost a family unto myself, almost an only child within that huge family. My next sister, number 12 uh, in the family, is five years older. So yeah. If yeah. you can get that picture, so, um, at, but when I was twelve, my sister Joan, who was thirty-one at the time, uh, she died, um, and for me it was pretty unexpected. Um, I didn't know how seriously ill she was till about a week before she died, um, and it came on still though very pretty suddenly. Um, and I looked at the patterns of what was going on right before she died. She was really like a second mother to me and the summer before she died, she died in September and the summer before she died, um, she had a a baby and uh, the baby was born before then. But, but I spent that summer, over there a lot because of that baby. And um, they only lived uh, about three blocks from me. So I was there almost every day. And I, I had the joy of being around her and the baby and, and, um, and her husband and I just had a great connection with them. Well, I also got to see how happy my sister was to have that baby. And, um, and then in August, what also occurred that was pretty tight was uh, my parents had their 40th wedding anniversary, So we were all together, uh, siblings that lived out of state and extended family all showed up for a big gathering in August. And within a a little bit more than a month after that, my sister died. And so I looked at that uh, when she died. It was the first time I'd ever experienced someone close to me dying. And I looked at the amazing aspects of that summer and how I got so much quality time with her and and her child um, and how the family did. You know, through that that gathering of the anniversary, and I just began. That opened me up. That's what kind of triggered my way of looking at life. That had to do with kind of looking at the background, seeing what patterns might be unfolding, and where the energy, how the energy was flowing, in certain ways, and to pay attention to that. So that that's one place it got started. Um, now, I don't. You want me to jump to that's, the uh, that, the <laughs> Go ahead. the major
4: family gathering, the deaths of a loved one. Uh, those are the kinds of um, emotional transitional experiences that are seedbeds for uh, synchronicity and coincidences.
2: Yes, and, and so I, I do look at them a lot during those transitional times, beginnings and endings. Well, so fast forward uh, now to, I think, I believe it was 2007. I was working with, a, I think it was a 15-year-old boy who was in a group home. And I'd gotten to know him a few times, a few sessions before. And then this one session, he says to me, well, you know, I've just been in the wrong place at the wrong time a lot. (laughs) And and I thought, yeah, that's true for so many of us at at many ages, but um, especially teenagers. So I said to him, uh, you know, what, uh, what would it be like to be in the right place at the right time? And I'd never asked a client that before that I could remember. It just kind of came up. Like that, and it led to a very fruitful discussion for about 20 minutes. And, you know, we looked at well, you know, if you're out after midnight, that might not be a good thing. You might be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Various basic things, but but also things about that were personal to him. So uh, at the end of that, he says to me, "That was pretty cool." He says, "You ought to write a book about that about that topic." And I was, uh, it just floored me, uh, and it stuck. It just a, bo- a book about how to be in the right place yeah. at
4: the right time, yeah
2: and i yeah, and about synchronicity, I had I just kind of begun to introduce him to the the ideas of synchronicity, so yeah um, and so I, what you I, remember what kind of advice you were giving him about
4: increasing the probability of being in the right place at the right time
2: uh i th- I think it was basic things about being close to what he loved more deeply was one thing um, I mean some were things that parents would tell their kids, you know, don't be out late, you know, um, bad things happen, you know, in, in the wee morning hours. And uh, what friends you, are you hanging around? You know, what kind of influence do they have on you? Yeah. And, but, but to get in touch with his heart and, and more deeply what he really wants to be doing. Uh, and if he feeds that, then that gives him a better chance of uh, having right place, right time experience.
4: Such a, such a great uh, message as part of the way um – People can increase uh, coincidences is by tuning in to that inner teacher, their heart, that voice, that feeling inside of them uh, that says go here go,
2: or go there or don't go here, do yes. go there.
4: Very good. Yeah.
2: Very good. Yeah. So that that really stuck, and I I kind of tried to shake it actually, because I, I didn't feel like you know I mean as humans we tend to play ourselves too small, and I'm certainly one of those that has to uh, address that periodically. And so I I, had real, I I talked to a lot of different people about the idea of a book, and everybody was. The more I looked at it and the more I talked to people, uh, somebody said, I met one person who was an actress. And something about just meeting her shifted me to a little subtle hint inside me said, what about a movie? Because there are many books already out there, but as far as I knew, there weren't any films, documentaries about synchronicity. So then I started looking at that. Um, and I just kind of kept putting myself in positions where better things you know could happen right place right time so that that's one way I, I try to look at it or interact with it is to kind of put myself in the way of those possibilities um, <laughs> you know uh and, th- and thinking you know what could happen here and and i can tell you one way i did that as far as how i met my uh, director of photography uh david gilmore um i just our, began by hanging around film groups in the Kansas city area. And one was called women in film, if I remember correctly. And they were open to, you know, both genders coming, you know, hanging around some of their things. And, and there was a a woman coming to town, making a film uh, having to do with teenage girls that were in trouble, which was up my alley anyway. And um, so she, they were just looking for anybody that could help in small ways. And, and I, if you didn't have experience, it didn't matter. So I showed up on the set that weekend and I was just kind of a gopher and, you know, hanging around. And, and I met David there. He was doing the sound for the uh, shoot. And I got to talking to him about, you know, I kind of get this idea. I might do a film about synchronicity. And that's why I'm here and just kind of learning about it. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. Uh, he knew about it. I mean, he a lot of people don't really know that term all that well. But he was familiar with Carl Jung and so forth. And so we developed a connection that weekend. So so then at the end, what really gra- uh, grabbed me, we were walking out to the parking lot uh, to get, you know, to our cars. And he's, he turns to me and he goes, are you really going to do that film? <laughs> it was like, you know, get serious here, put up or shut up. It was uh, I couldn't just waffle. I couldn't, you know, be ambivalent. I, I, I felt like I had to be definitive because it seemed like he really wanted to help. And so I, I turned, I maybe hesitated two seconds and I went, yeah, I'm going to do it. And. So then I was in. Then I just I felt myself kind of jumping in the ocean. And um, so it was a few months I'll, late. Go I'll ahead. pick out two things from what you said. Yes. Uh,
4: running into the actress uh, shifted you from uh, novel or book to uh, movie. That, and without going into how that happened, um, that, was a, that was a right place, right time thing for you yes. uh, where somebody switched you. And then going to the women in film thing, you were kind of looking around. You were more open even then to something happening. And there along comes the other David and Uh says, hey, baby, you better do this. Put up or shut up. And it's 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 that you were putting yourself in positions of being open, much like you were describing what your teenage person needed to be able to do,
2: too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's. That's the thing about being a therapist is, you know, the, the, the clients teach me as much as Oh much yes, or more. <laughs> well, we've got to listen and, to what we're telling them because we're talking yeah, to
4: ourselves sometimes.
2: That's <laughs> right. I totally agree. Yeah. So um,
4: Could you? I want to hear more of it, but uh, we're getting near the end of this segment. and I, I want to be able to uh, have you tell our listeners uh, how they can view your film, how, how they can get a hold of it and, uh, and
2: how they can get it, how they can see it. Yes, love to. Um, there are two ways. Uh, first of all, you can go to my website is the best connection, and that is simply www.whatisynchronicity.com. All one uh, word. Yeah, what, yeah, all one word, whatisynchronicity.com. Um, and you can either uh, purchase a, a DVD through the website or you can uh, stream it either for rental or purchase through Vimeo, again, through the website. Or just okay. go straight to Vimeo and hook me up there.
4: Okay, good. Uh, what is synchronicity? Uh, your website, and they'll get to the movie. Yes. Okay, very good. Um, so in the in the next, uh, we have about a minute left. Um, could you could tell us what your next step is, and we can continue in the next segment? Okay. Kind of my next step with where I am. when in, with- in, in get in getting. I'm sorry. In getting to making this movie. Okay.
2: okay. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll give you a minute's worth here. So a few months goes by and I thought, remembered about David and I was kind of looking for that moment when I would really, you know, take a first step with it. And what happened was I noticed that, um, there was a, stand-up philosopher named Tim Freak from uh, the UK who was coming to Kansas City, and I did as many of my interviews as I could locally with people that passed through, and he was part of a program with Friends of Young here in Kansas City, and I thought, I'd seen him before, and I thought, oh, he would be great if he'd, you know, for the film. So I reached out to David at that point. I said, hey, I think I might, this might be my jumping in point, you know, to get an interview going, And, and David said, perfect. He said, I just finished a project. He said, I'm looking for something new, and so we met over coffee, and I didn't exactly have a one-page summary done like a lot of filmmakers uh, want you to have. But we talked for two or three hours, and I presented a few ideas and kind of my vision for it, and and that's how it started.
4: Very good, very good. Well, we'll be back after a short break talking with David Strabola, director of What is Synchronicity?
3: For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
0: While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized... The truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics.
4: Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, the only radio show in the world dedicated to coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. Our guest today is David Strabela, director of the movie What is Synchronicity? Trying to answer that question that uh, all of us in this business are trying to do, what is it? What is synchronicity? Well, David, you described how you got to begin the movie um what are some of the synchronicities that happened while you were doing it
2: um well there i mean some of them were simply how interviews fell into place i mean some of it was that simple uh, or, or maybe not simple but um amazing as far as um, contacting certain people, and then maybe I wouldn't hear back for a few weeks. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it looks like that's not going to work out. And then suddenly I hear from them, and it's all a go. And, you know, so things like that happened. Uh, there were four of my sources uh, in the film that were in California, and the way those four fell together within one week was an example of that. So, I mean, those are those are the kinds of things that happened quite a bit. Um, Uh, So the
4: California one, for example, you had four people and you could do them all within one visit because it it all fell together. Yeah, that's That's the sort of thing I'm looking for because uh, I I once uh, went to California to do a, a, a film about something else, an interview, and it just happened that the right person I needed, a patient of mine from Columbia, Missouri, ended up right about a couple of uh, like 30 minutes from where that I needed to do that interview. It is yes. so wonderful when stuff like that falls into place.
2: Yeah. And, it, and part of what made it so tight was, uh, as I recall, uh, one of the people, uh, Michael Mead, who's a mythologist. Um, he was doing a shoot for some other film in out there and he had so many activities going on and, and he wanted to do the interview with me, but he's like, I'm not sure when is, you know? And so, he told me about this other shoot he was doing on this one day and he said, maybe we could squeeze it in, you know, at the same time, the same morning and or afternoon. So we did. And so I just kind of had to go with that as my anchor point. And then I contacted the other three people and they all were good to go that, that week. Beautiful. Yeah.
4: Beautiful. Yeah, it gives you a nice feeling when stuff falls into place like that. Uh I am uh, the more when I get into really doing the coincidence stuff, I see more coincidences myself. So when you're in, you're doing this movie, uh, your life had to be loaded, not just around the movie, but in your life uh, outside of it with coincidences.
2: Yes, Um, I'll I'll tell you one of my favorite uh, uh, synchronicities that I had, And, and this is like connected with the starting point of this, of of the filming. Uh, So the first interview with Tim Freak that I referred to earlier, uh, we got that set up and Tim was very willing to do it. So that was getting it set up was no problem at all. And and so David, my director of photography, said to me, well, if you can get there uh, about an hour ahead of time to help me set up, that'd be that'd be great. And so I planned on that. Well, what happened was I went to print out my questions for the interview and my printer for some reason wasn't working. So now I had to run and take a flash drive and run to the library nearby in order to get it printed out. And that made me about 20 minutes late. And I'm frustrated and anxious and thinking, oh, what a poor first impression I'm leaving uh, to get this thing started. And so I'm rushing to get to my car and I jump in the car and I turn on the radio as soon as I start driving off and the song that's playing is none other than Synchronicity 2 by the police. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) And it just just blew me away. It was kind of one of those things where I uh, sort of laughed and cried at the same time. But it gave me a sense of, of confidence that somehow it was okay. It didn't matter. And indeed, it didn't. David was like, no big deal. And, he, you know, he and Tim both really enjoyed it, The, you know, what happened there. Tim even says to me, you know, maybe you ought to contact Stang and see if you, if he would be interviewed. So I, I put that – I thought, yeah, you know, it didn't seem like it would be a very high chance of that. But I thought, you know, why, why not at least hold hold on to that idea? So I waited a little while till I had much more of the film done and I had a, a few things up on the website. And I thought, I'm going to give this a shot just because I would feel remiss if I didn't try, you know. So I uh, found somebody helped me find who his agent was in New York, I believe it was. And I uh, I think I call, I had a phone number and I called up and I get this young woman on the phone and, and I tell her why I'm calling and what I'm doing and, and I wanted to reach out to his agent and so forth. And she sounded very positive. She's like, oh, that's a great idea, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it was very encouraging and, and it kind of surprised me. and I thought, oh, this can't be, surely it can't be quite so easy. And and so then I did – she gave me the name of the agent and I emailed the agent. And uh, as I really expected, within a couple of days, she got back to me and said, well, he is just really busy and uh, you know, not doing interviews at this time. But you know, it was a very nice letter that she sent me, a nice note. And, uh, but I felt good about having gone through that process.
4: Oh, There's a couple of things there. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, the, um, the appearance of uh, Synchronicity too. Uh, on the on the radio, uh, and had its calming effect on you. It made yes. you feel everything was okay in the world, uh, in the world that you were running around in right then. And that is one of the remarkably consistent effects of of some coincidences that it makes you feel like it's okay. It's it's like um, somebody's watching over you. That there's somebody taking care of you. There's somebody saying it's okay mm-hmm. now when when i get more and more deeply into these coincidences and come up with much Low, much more low probability ones than yours which was still a low probability one one has to begin to think there are there's something else going on here there's something that makes this happen that's beyond probability so it opens up the possibility to what I call the psychosphere the our, our mental atmosphere that has something to do with how we're interconnected with each other and that's one part of what you're saying there but the second part is even more interesting to me uh, I am tomorrow going to begin to sound engineer um, with a friend of mine, uh, five or six songs that are based on uh, stories from my book, Connecting with Coincidence. These songs are stories put to music. And the only other artist who's done synchronicity songs is Sting. And and that's synchronicity two rather than synchronicity one. So I'm going to try to get from you the name of that uh, name of that agent, <laughs> because I, I want to see if, if I can follow up on
2: your lead. Well, that, absolutely. And, and see that shows, uh, I think this whole thing demonstrates that this has to do with ongoing story. You know, life is just ongoing story and you don't know what things occur that set something else up later on. And so you just kind of hold it with that wonderment, uh, you know, inside you and, uh, you know, so this, it's not over. And so here I am helping, you know, by giving you that, that name. So who knows yeah. what, where, that, where things go, and, yeah. and and that makes life much more uh, interesting when people say that, kids say they're bored, you know, then I try to talk in these terms, uh, but yeah, there it is.
4: Oh, yeah, that's, that's great to alert the kids to the possibilities, um, but I like to say the dog that trots about finds a bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are just sitting there doing nothing, you're not going to be able to do the intersections that help create coincidences.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Uh, there's one other, should I tell you another story of when I was starting to make the film? Yeah. These film coincidences are really important. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this one is a fun one because it didn't happen directly to me. So I was more of an observer in this case, but it, it still had an effect on me. Uh, back in 2008, before I actually began to shoot the film, uh, there was a symposium at Texas A&M University uh, on the topic of synchronicity. So I somehow somebody told me about it. And I, I'm so I get on the plane from Kansas City and I'm flying to Houston. And Joe Cambray was in that. One. Exactly. That's right. That's right. So um, I am the, pe- the people that are sitting around me. There's about eight or 10 people sitting around me. I can tell they're all part of a group and I get to talking to them, and and the the woman sitting next to me is actually turns out she's the, the wife of the pastor of this church, and this so this gathering of people from the church is going on some kind of a mission to I forget which country somewhere in Central America, and first time they've ever done anything like this. So um, you know, we're talking, and I'm telling her about my interest in synchronicity and what I'm up to with that, and we're having a great conversation about it, and a few other people are kind of hearing about it and engaging it as well. Well. Maybe we're into it 10 minutes or so, and suddenly uh, we, I look over. I'm looking at, at the pastor across the aisle, and he begins to raise his water bottle up just to take a sip of water. And right at that point, there was turbulence, and the plane just dropped big time. And it spilled water all over his face, all over his shirt, and and I just uh, instantly I, I caught the synchronicity. I kind of looked around at the other people, like you know, are you picking up on this? And of course, everybody can take it. It does take it in different ways, but. I saw the symbolism of, uh, given that it's a church, uh, a kind of a baptism for their uh, mission. This is their first mission, so this is a kind of a blessing, you might say, uh, for their initial experience of going there. And here I was on my initial experience of doing the first, one of the very first things toward my uh, project. The, the
4: symbolism of everyday life. Uh, it takes a poet to see what you just saw.
2: I suppose so, um, yeah. But I, it's not that I've been practicing that for so long that it, it just came into It's just natural, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: I think what the, what the synchronicity coincidences help us do is see maybe metaphors uh, and symbols like that where and you might not call it necessarily a standard coincidence or synchronicity, but there, there are all kinds of ways that symbols appear around us and may have messages for us.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're yeah. tu-
4: and you're and you're quite tuned into that yes you're quite yes. tuned into that mm-hmm. um, wh- what have you learned about uh synchronicity um, in doing this movie? What are some of the things that you've learned that you can tell us
2: um, i there's so many things and I, I forget where I learned so so many of them because I talked to so many people uh, you know even outside the film but I think one of the main things uh that I think I want to leave people with is the idea that uh, it's alive, <laughs> uh, you know, um, because we have a tendency. Uh, As humans, I think maybe for security or or whatever reason to want to kind of freeze things and control things uh, in our environment, in our lives. And um, to an extent, we we can't help that, but uh, we can kind of fall under a spell or or get stuck when we do that. And and when when we need to loosen up, then um, synchronicity is one of the ways that we kind of get jolted or – Kind of reawakened, you might say, uh, back to the vitality of life, and and again for me as a storyteller as well, um, uh, I'm just constantly looking at life as stories. So I and we're we're constantly swimming in that, but you know, like the proverbial fish that doesn't realize it's swimming in water, we get in that kind of a place as well. So I think we need uh, these ongoing reminders of of what our life is like and, and what, it, what we're here to do. And uh, it kind of fits with the Jungian idea. Uh, it's not just Jungian, but more traditional idea that we come into the world sort of with a mission or a, a style or a purpose. It goes by different names, um, but we're not just blank slates uh, coming into the world. And, and so our soul or, or deeper self or whatever you want to call that is here for something. It's here for some kind of experience and certain things then get set up right from the get-go i mean we're born into a story depending on the family uh and the and the rules and things that we're kind of yeah, born yeah, into. and
4: yes and yes we are yeah um I, I that waters the waters that you describe i call them uh, ethereal waters and i think they're much more real than we understand and that's one mm-hmm. of the things i'm trying to be able to define in this and descri- describing what i call the psychosphere Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting near the end of this segment. Uh, we're talking with David Strabola, director of the movie What Is Synchronicity? You can find that movie at his website, com one word, and order the CD or view it online. Uh, there's a lot to learn about synchronicity from David's movie. We'll be back after a short break.
1: 401-0080 to listen on any phone anytime, anywhere Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal parapsychology and sci-fi radio programming anywhere twenty-four seven, three sixty-five. 365 I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey Founder-President You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
4: Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me, the only radio show in the world dedicated to to the study of synchronicity, coincidences and serendipity. My guest today is David Strabola, the director of the great movie What is Synchronicity that tries to answer that very question that many of us are also trying to answer. So David, you've learned a lot. You have much to teach us about uh, synchronicity coincidences. Um, what are some of the most important
2: things to consider about synchronicity? Um. Uh, you know, one way to really begin—it um, took me back to just a sense of fundamentals, which is that life is waves. You know, even things that are static—it's it's hard to remember that they're vibrating. Everything's yeah. vibrating, and the everything's universe. vibrating. Everything's yeah. vibrating. So everything's got waves associated with it, and how those waves intersect and and flow in and in and around our lives. Uh, you know, we're we're conscious of. Very very few of them, of course. Um, so, uh, but I think that's where, uh, if if I can remember that, the, and that's a, a way to remember that life uh, is it's constantly alive. But it also seems to be wanting to communicate with me uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, I think Jung and others would would point out that you know some deeper self or call it what you will, uh, divine self, is trying to reach us on a regular basis. Um, you know nowadays we have. Uh, various, uh, tools, you know, of, of tweeting and texting and all of that. Well, I wonder what if, what if we considered that the unconscious is constantly trying to tweet us or, or get in touch with us, give us, uh, signals to help us and guide us. And so that comes through insight. It comes through dreams that we have at night. It comes through synchronicities or any number of ways, hunches, intuition. Um, so to tu- begin to tune into that becomes a practice, um, it becomes something that can really I think give people a, a sense of confidence and uh, a calmness that the more you're in touch with that, the more that you can kind of realize okay, this will somehow work out you know I don't need to panic or whatever you know might otherwise happen um, and and to just kind of hold 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 things more loosely because they're waves uh, uh, so what might get you from point? B to point C isn't going to get you from C to to D, and and so to be able to to kind of loosen up around that, I, if you want, I could give a, one of my favorite synchronistic stories uh, that might demonstrate that. Would go ahead, go ahead. yeah, okay. So um, this happened in the early two thousands. Um, I was uh, date. I just met this woman who I began to date, and and she had just come off a divorce very recently so she was still working through you know things related to that naturally and and so there was this kind of sense of needing to go slow about the relationship and not to expect too much in terms of you know uh, looking for marriage necessarily you know very soon or whatever so so that was kind of a theme of kind of needing to wait for her to do some healing and, and so forth. And um, we were together for, I don't know, it might have been a year or so, uh, maybe longer. And, and I somehow I just felt a need to break up with her and or we kind of did and mutually. And so we did, but it didn't last too long because what happened was um, it was about a week after we broke up and I was driving my <clears throat> car around here in Kansas City and I took an exit off the interstate and pulled up behind a car. And this car was the exact make and model and color uh, that my uh, ex-girlfriend at that point uh, was driving. And, uh, but it, I looked and it was, well, it's not her. But I looked at the license plate and the license plate was personalized and it said, wait to number four, me. and it was a woman driving who had similar color hair, uh, as she, you know, and so I, um, it just, I mean, the hair on the back of my neck stood up and I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And what does it mean? And I almost wanted to have a conversation with this woman in front of me to find out how did you decide to come up with that license plate and various things. But of course I stayed in my car. (laughs) So, um, I, but, but then I was like, well, what do I do here? You know, is this, is this a sign that I should uh, get back together with her? And I mulled that over and I thought, you know, I can't be taking this too literally or, you know, my ego would want to get in there and have that kind of an interpretation. But uh, that's the thing to watch out for is uh, the ego wants it uh, their way, but it's actually more synchronicity is much more about transforming the ego, which I think is a, a big misconception that people can fall into. But so I, I, met up with um, my ex um, about a week later um, and we decided to have lunch and we, we just realized we made a mistake and we needed to get back together. So we did. Let's,
4: let's, let's, let's go over that. Let's pause this for a minute and I can hear the rest of it. But the, the, the important part for me in this story is seeing that license plate during a time of transition and high emotion. Again, characteristics of increased uh, coincidences. And there was a, a message there about a decision you had just made. And there's a general tendency, as you implied, to believe, well, maybe didn't imply, that, um, that coincidences <laughs> like that uh, are always beneficial. They're always something that's positive. They're always there to help you. And that sometimes means that when they see, people see a sign like that license plate, that means they should yeah. go back. And it's not so much, that's not really the case. It really uh, highlights the decision, maybe gives you a nudge in one direction or another. But I'd like you to be able to talk about, uh, after you finish the story with your girlfriend, about how coincidences can be misused.
2: Yeah. Well, and so, yeah, that can be woven into how this story goes. So, um so we did, we got back together for several years and things were going by and large pretty well. And there were many synchronicities that actually we had together as a couple. So it was a very sweet relationship. But, uh, after a few years, it, it wasn't resulting in marriage. And, and, um, I think we were kind of at a standstill, like, what are we doing? Uh, are we going to continue this or what? And I, I began to think back on that synchronicity and, there was a part of me that that thought, well, gosh, that should mean that we're we're destined, you know, to stay together or something like that. Uh, but the more oh, I looked at the and, reality and that, on and that one, I, I, I I'm
4: sorry to interrupt, but I yeah, guess yeah. psychology today blog post on just that yeah. does does it does this coincidence mean we are meant to be? And before you go on with the rest, it doesn't mean forever. These coincidences don't mean this is my person for the rest of my life and on into eternity because we know that we run into people. And have short-term, medium-term relationships with them, we help each other, we are finished with each other, and then we move on. So that sign still could have meant you were meant to be together for
2: some period of time and not forever. Precisely, yeah, so true. And so what happened was I looked at the reality on the ground, so to speak, and realized, hey, other things are not supporting us staying together then I looked again, and I said, you know what, all it's telling me, all the license plate is, is saying is wait for me. Now, um, I can take that a different way, which is um, I realized I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and that's what I do. And it's, I realized how much that's been a pattern in my life in various ways, not just wow, in a relationship. Wow, good, good. So then when I got that, then I went, oh, okay, now I'm getting a deeper meaning. It's, uh-huh been there all along. And so really it means, uh, in this case, stop waiting and, and be clear about what's really going on and, and accept that and, uh, learn from this. And so that wasn't, I wasn't beating myself up that I did anything wrong. It was just the the realization at that point that it it lasted as long. We, we held, uh, held it together as long as we could. And then it's like, okay, this is it. We each need to move on. And it was, and then it was fine. It just shows me that you have to look at
4: these coincidences even more clearly than we might glance at it at first. Because like you, I thought it meant uh, let's get back together. Mm-hmm. But looking at the license plate message more specifically, wait for me is not necessarily get, get back together. It's yeah. more about how you do a lot of waiting. Yes, and, and maybe you shouldn't be doing that so much anymore, and being assertive about what it is that you're looking for. Exactly. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, next next week, I'm talking with a person who's the was the central character in a another uh, synchronicity movie called "Time is Art: Synchronicity in the Collective Mind, the Collective Dream." Uh, her name is Jennifer Palmer. Are you familiar with that movie?
2: Uh I, yes, I've heard of it. I have not watched it yet, but I, I know I want to and need to. I've seen the trailer. Well, the
4: two, the two of you have the best movies. I mean, this, your movie and this one are the best movies. Both came out in 2015 and show, show an interest uh, growing in uh, synchronicity and coincidences. And I'm very much uh, hopeful that uh, your movie continues to have success. What's, what's it looking like these days and
2: where is it going? Uh, that's a great point you're asking there too, because um even as of yesterday, some things developed where uh, I you know coincidentally met through some people who I think can help me market it in ways that i couldn 't have anticipated that I just did not see coming i I felt like the last year or two i 've been a little bit on a holding pattern of not sure. How I want to market this thing, but I also need to do some of my own kind of inner work about yeah, preparing, yeah, preparing yeah. to do that, shifting yes. from you know from introvert to extrovert, kind of getting that stuff going, and and so. Uh, but it fell into place. Just uh, so now I have a vision for that, and I think it's going to include a book. Uh, that will support the movie or, or kind of be a complimentary to the movie. And uh, so that's the next thing. And,
4: and, and Jennifer yeah. is writing a book that's a compliment to the movie. So, <laughs> and the two of you maybe should be talking, talking yes, with each other. I think
2: so. well, I'll, I'll see love if that. I can
4: connect you. Um, we're getting near the end of our segment. You can get a hold of uh, David's movie, What is Synchronicity, at whatissynchronicity.com uh, and learn a lot about what it is that we're trying to understand through the visual connection with some people who really understand synchronicity and coincidences. And I hope you will enjoy seeing the story that David did of me sitting on the back porch of my house in Columbia, Missouri, talking about my dog,
2: Snapper. Thank you very much, David. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much, Bernie.